Hello, this is Jonas from the 40 Guard Labs Threat Intelligence Podcast. Uh, today, joined by Amar, one of our best threat hunters in 40, 40 Guard Labs. And we cover topics around the weekly threat intelligence brief. Um, hey, Amar, how are you doing? Hey, Jonas. Uh, by the way, thank you for that wonderful intro. One of the best threat hunters. I am, I'm going to put that on my business card, buddy. Yeah, you, you definitely deserve that title, man. And uh, thanks a lot for joining this week where a lot of things are, are going on. And I wanted to talk about certain topics with you. I mean, we, we talked already a lot about COVID, but still we see a lot of current uh, news articles, not, not only COVID related, but we see things happening in the real life and cyber attackers adapting very quickly towards what, what's happening in the, in the media. And evolving malware, we see a lot of attackers coming from the past, coming back from the past, reusing their their old tricks, updating their software like normal software developers do. So maybe we can dig a little bit deeper in that topic. Yeah. So Jonas, I think one thing that's important to remember is attackers are always going to take advantage of emotion. You know, every year in the United States, like during April, we always see attacks, phishing attacks around IRS and tax returns. Last year, we started seeing a lot of attacks like directed towards uh, green energy and environment. And then of course, in Asia, we saw things about like different protests and different uh, things going on. We see that all the time, whatever the news topic is of the day, attackers are going to try and take advantage of people and try and fool them and uh, doing these mass what we call spray campaigns. And that, that's what's happening with these phishing campaigns where they're just sending out massive emails and trying to have people click or download or attack people. Yeah, very good point. And, and you, I think you mentioned a, a very critical one that it's reoccurring sometimes. So attackers are aware of what's com coming up in the future. So they already prepare their social media campaigns um, regarding those topic and when it hits the general media they're ready to distribute their emails and malware so what do you think we can do about this well uh, the one thing i will add is i think the difference that i've seen is attacks these days especially since january actually have been less sophisticated and what i mean by that is normally before january we saw a lot of business email compromise we saw attacks especially when it came to phishing attacks where they were targeted towards cso's or c level executives or specific people within a company or organization i think attackers know everyone's working from home these days so every home network is a corporate network and there's an opportunity for attackers. So I've seen phishing emails or attacks come through through gaming channels and chat and Twitch and uh, other places as well because they know if you know your kid is at home playing video games, they have an opportunity to click on a link and uh, maybe get some extra lives or whatever whatever they're doing in the video game. But at the same time, that's passing malware on the corporate network or your home network, which is a VPN now into the corporate network. Yeah, very interesting. And also the amount of time some people had to move from the office to a complete work from home setup was not a lot. And I know some, especially here in Asia, some places people are still using, not using laptops at work. So they're using desktop computers and it's not that easy to bring that gear back home. So you rely on other hardware, maybe your laptop, which is used by other members in the family. So it brings up a, a lot of challenges, I think. 
Yeah, you reminded me when I was in uh, college and uh, we, we they had me on a car take my desktop computer with one of those old CRT monitors from lab to lab to lab every time I got assigned a new lab. L- luckily, that didn't happen too often, but uh, but it was uh, it was a case. They, they didn't give you laptops. They just take your whole desktop computer and tower from different labs. Yeah, it's a, a very interesting topic and uh, good, good reminds, reminders to the past. Um, I think it's crucial. Um, to spread good awareness about what's going on. Uh, We need to talk to a lot of people, to talk to the employees so they are aware why this is a big challenge because obviously it always creates some additional effort and it's never fun to implement additional security because usually it requires you to do something to protect against something which you didn't plan to be part of in the beginning with because no one really likes to be a victim and being attacked. So I think awareness is one of the key points. Do you agree with me or you think we should focus on something else here? No, no I, I completely agree with you. Let, let's be honest. We all know how to have secure networks or more secure networks than we already do. You know, for example, if I want to secure my house, right, I from my internet connection, I'm going to put in something like a 40 gate device. And from that 40 gate device, I'm going to have my laptop, which has a certificate, hopefully NAC authentication, and it's going to have a VPN connection always back into the corporate network. Then I'm going to have my home router off a port off that, right? And I'm going to have my family off that port. I mean, there are design elements we can do, and we know how to secure those design elements, but that takes a lot of work. And people, you know, when you don't, when you have the absence of that work, uh, then you need to make up for it with security awareness. I will tell you, I really like, I, I really am glad that we made some of our training free for everyone at training.fortinet.com. Um, like NSC one and two is great for security awareness. I actually made my mom go for NSC one. And it was funny because I always talked to her about like getting these phishing emails from the IRS or some government agency. And she never really understood what I was saying. But now she's like, I get it. I get like why these are bad guys and what they're really trying to do. And they're trying to, they're, they're, they're trying to have some financial gain behind that. And so that's great. Obviously, I expect everyone on this listening to this to go well above and beyond NSC one. But it's it's a great tool for everyone that's out there. Like teach it to your kids, uh, teach it to high school students, so whoever may need it. Everyone needs security awareness to some extent. I think you bring up a very interesting topic. I remember back in the days, whenever my mom had a co- an issue with the computer, I it took me a while to educate her that she might want to restart the computer first, and like ninety percent of the times it solved an issue. But Nowadays, she confronts me with challenges like, uh, hey, I'm getting those emails, what I'm supposed to do. They are saying that they have my credentials and stuff like this. So even from from a point of view, when we look about people who are not into security at all, they need to have certain awareness. And even if it's just a really basic one, not clicking at email links, um, et cetera. Yeah, I think you brought a great point is why hack something when you can get credentials? And you you actually brought up a great point because you covered this in the TIB uh, a few times. It's about authentication bypass, especially around authentication bypass vulnerabilities. And attackers love that because, yeah, one of the things we've learned from phishing emails and other types of attacks is why hack something when someone's going to give you access? And authentication bypass is something like that with the vulnerability on home routers and IoT devices, uh, things of that nature nature. Yeah, that's a very good point too. When I took a look at the stats, I see a lot of attacks um, towards certain home devices, so routers at home. And 
often they are of, um, out of date since home users don't update them. But also when I take a closer look at certain vulnerabilities, so checking out databases like ExploitDB, I find some POCs and this is information which is known to everyone. And it's, it's like a one-to-one -one tutorial how to exploit certain routers, but there aren't any patches provided from certain companies, maybe because they don't de develop this kind of software anymore. Maybe they don't um, have this router in their portfolio anymore. And this brings up an interesting topic as well, since we have vulnerable routers out there maintained by people who are not really aware of what's going on while simultaneously having all those tutorials online how to exploit those systems. So we need to put in additional security in there as well, in my opinion. Yeah, so let me let me just clarify for people that are listening in. You spoke specifically on the TIB about the WRN150 uh, router that had just massive vulnerabilities and increase in authentication vulnerabilities. And this typically follows what we see in the life cycle of an attack, that an attack comes out, it's uh, disclosed, and maybe it's disclosed before there's a patch out for it. And when that happens, everyone starts you know testing those routers, even if there's a patch out for it, even if it's completely patched, everyone's testing it because the attack Hackers do assume there's going to be a percentage of people that don't patch. And then what happens at that point is you start getting an increase of attacks, but then you get a second wave of attacks once it gets into databases like ExploitDB. There's automated scripts. There's a Metasploit script where someone can really go into a menu-based system and scan the internet and look for attacks. And then we get the third wave when it's in like Shodan and websites are just indexing vulnerable systems that anyone can click on and then check if it's vulnerable or if they can get into that router. And that's what's happening here. And it makes me think as a security researcher, what's that line? Like when when do we disclose attacks? Because obviously, you know, we have to protect customers, we have to protect people, we have IPS signatures, but we also have to like remember about this responsible disclosure. And I think that's why we have like such a, a, a good standard in responsible disclosure on when we reveal zero days. But at the same time, we also are protecting our customers uh, with signatures even before anything is made public. Yeah, very good points here. Um, reading the Verizon data breach report though reveals also that more than 50% of current attacks target enterprises. And just this week uh, or, or recent weeks, we have seen uh, a lot of them. So for example, we have seen that the snake one and we, we talked about the Ecan, Ecans one earlier. So what is your opinion? Is it the same? Is it something different? Um, can you elaborate a bit? Yeah, this this is definitely a little controversial from my perspective. I will tell you, most people are, are thinking uh, ECANs and Snake are exactly the same. Uh, ECANs, of course, is Snake backwards. Um, if you actually look at the Snake malware from uh, what's uh, what research has been done, uh, and you look at the ECANs uh, malware, uh, there's like different strings in them that don't quite match up, but they do pretty much the same thing, right? The ransomware, the encrypt files. And what makes these popular is that they target ICS systems. Now they target them, I wouldn't say in a, in a very sophisticated way, they're pretty much encrypting and stopping services that are on these systems, such as reporting services and some other services as well. But we are certainly seeing now malware that is looking for more critical devices that are out there. And you know, when it affects these devices, it can be a problem. Yeah, and uh, I found some researchers on Twitter who took a closer look at those ransomwares. And it seems to me that they're way more targeted nowadays. They even check certain domains in the code. And if this 
domain is not resolvable, it will not encrypt files. So it gets more sophisticated, more complex, and really targeted certain certain entities. Yeah, we're seeing that uh, if you look at data, the data breach report, as well as numerous other uh, security reports, we're seeing this evolution of ransomware, where ransomware authors have been more successful as they've been more targeted, uh, you know, after, as they're targeting more specific corporations, entities, and even software. So I think there's been a change from just that random ransomware that's attacking everyone, that's attacking home users, encrypting pictures, to like very, very targeted ransomware against corporations and specific organizations yeah indeed it stuff gets more complex and talking about complex malware um, we saw this comrade malware as well by by turla and i remember first versions have been here for forever i think since 2010 2008 um, but new versions are on the horizon and they're more complex than ever they have a new code base and they also target certain entities. And I saw some interesting techniques while leveraging public known websites like Gmail for their attack patterns. Did you experience that before? Or can you elaborate a bit what's going on there? Yeah, I remember back in the day when malware was using IRC, and even today, where it's using like uh, things like Telegram as a command and control servers. The new version of Comrade is actually using Gmail as a command and control server. So once again, for people that are not familiar with the malware, how it's typically distributed is through email. Uh, you get a you get an attachment through Gmail. Um, but what's new about this malware is that since it's using Gmail as a command and control server, that means once it's infected your Gmail, so once I open it up on my Gmail, basically the attacker can send commands to the malware to have it upload files, download files, um, you know, distribute ransomware, whatever they might want to do by just sending me an email to my Gmail address. That's all they have to do is send me an email. I don't have to go back to that uh, to that email address. I don't have to re necessarily read that as long as I have that browser open at that point, it could attack me. Um, what also is uh, making this difficult is some versions of this malware, it's actually uh, taking the antivirus logs and uploading them to a command and control server. And you may think, well, what good does that do? Like it's not deleting the logs, right? What is it doing? Well probably what these malware authors are doing is they're probably testing to see like which malware, which antivirus software picks them up so they can tune their uh, malware even better and make it, you know, version five will come out soon. So it's pretty, pretty neat from a research standpoint on how creative uh, malware authors are getting and how they're distributing command and control. That's a very interesting topic and it aligns very well with what we see that cyber criminals and certain organizations are super professional. They're probably more professional than other businesses which we see out there. And like malware in the end is like other piece of software which is being developed, which is getting improved, which re receives new software updates. It's getting more powerful. So whatever Intel attackers can gather they will use this kind of information to improve their software and make it better, try to understand how to make it as sophisticated enough so it doesn't get detected. And I think from a development point of view, this is something which is really interesting. So it's not like we create some basic malware and then if it's detected, we create something else, but we use what we have and we improve it until it's as good as, as never before. It's it's all about the data, as we say in the research world, right? Uh, and as they get more data, they get more sophisticated. So I completely agree with you there, buddy. 
Yeah, so um, those are the, the main topics which I wanted to cover with you for, for this week. And I hope we can do this regularly. So sitting together a um, couple times a, a quarter and talk about certain trends, what's going on. So thanks a lot for, for joining me here and and to talk about those those threats which are which are going on and elaborate a little bit more in detail what's happening in the wild. Hey, anytime, my pleasure to be here and I'll be back anytime you invite me. So thank you. Thanks a lot, Amor. All right, guys, we are out and we talk to you soon.